This is Golf with Jay Delsing. A two-time college All-American at UCLA. A participant in nearly 700 PGA Tour events. Seven professional wins to his credit. Over 30 years of professional golf experience. A member of the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hey, good morning. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got Pearly with me, and welcome to the Golf with Jay Delsing show. All right, so let's do this backwards. I usually give you a bunch of trouble. So you caddy for me on 100 tour events. You're an author. You ran a very successful company that you've sold. You're, you're doing some consulting now. Man, of all of those things, Pearl, what gave you the most satisfaction? I think I've been pretty lucky. I've been able to enjoy things along the way. So I think they built on top of each other, and I think each one was very satisfying. I, you know what, Jay? I'm, I'm 62 years old. I love being 62 years old. I think the things that I've learned and getting to work with people now and sharing a little bit of what I've learned uh, is about as satisfying as it gets. We formatted the show like a round of golf, and uh, the first segment's called the On the Range segment. It's brought to you by my friends at TaylorMade Golf. Guys, this is the most innovative company on the PGA Tour. They've abandoned metal woods. They've got carbon fiber, carbon-made woods. Now you got to check them out. Also, you got to check out their golf ball. Many, many, many tour players are playing this ball. It's the TP5. And if you want to check it out on purpose and intentionally, you can go send me an email, jay at jdelsinggolf.com. Be entered to win. We're giving away a dozen TP5s each week. Pearl, this is Master Sunday. And in honor of Master Sunday, can you please give me just a little bit of social media? Let's not go there. It's too, it's pure, too pure of a golf day. I don't want to be talking about the ups and downs and the craziness of social media. So let's, let's just move on. I know that people but are the looking. The Masters uh, is, anything, is anything but social media. It's, it's pure, traditional golf. Let's <laughs> skip that and go right to Bob and Kathy Donahue at Donahue Painting and Refinishing. 314-805-2132. Kathy Donahue is just now getting her color certification. And so we're going to have her on the show and talk about the colors and how important that is in your home and how she can take this beautifying your home experience to the next level. 314-805-2132 for Donahue painting and refinishing. All right, John, Master Sunday. Okay, here's what happened, folks. About 10 days ago, I got on the phone with Ben Crenshaw and recorded 42 minutes of what I would consider pure golf gold. This is one of the kindest people I've ever met. His nickname and moniker, Gentle Ben, is no, it's not an accident. Spot on. And somehow or another, the interview got lost. And I'm sure it was my fault. I just don't exactly know what I did wrong, but I did something wrong. And the interview was well, lost. Wait a second. Wait a second. Let's, let's, let, let's get into that a little bit. Did it get lost or just the half where he responded got lost? It got lost. <laughs> 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 so what happened, folks, is somehow or another, I'm talking, and I could not hear Ben. And I know that you guys would tune in and rather hear Ben than me. So got on the phone. He was unable to jump back on. What I've done is I was taking all these notes while I was doing the interview. And so we captured some of these notes. We're going we're gonna to reminisce about great masters, memories that we have, and some of the things that happened. Maybe st give you a couple inside stories here and there. Ben Crenshaw has won 19 tournaments on the PGA Tour. Hall of Fame member, two masters tournaments, 1984 and 1995. 
And the one around 95 was just amazing because he was playing absolutely awful. And on the Wednesday of that, that week, he, he flew from Augusta to Austin to attend his longtime mentor and instructor Harvey Penix funeral. Before we jump into Ben, what do you have when you think of the Masters tournament? What jumps into your mind first? Which memory? What do you have, Pearl? I had the opportunity to go to the Masters one year. And just, just the beauty of the property, I've also been fortunate enough to play the golf course, not during the Masters, just for the record. I want to make sure you, you know, Jay, I'm not suggesting I played in the Masters. But I have played Augusta National, phenomenal, and going to the Masters, absolutely gorgeous. I think, too, the reason it's worth going is there's got to be a bucket list for anybody who's really into golf. It's so different when you're there. The undulations, the elevation changes throughout the property, the grandiosity of the trees and the whole property, the way the sound echoes throughout the whole property. You do feel like you're on hallowed ground. And uh, just the subtlety of the clubhouse. You go to a lot of these places, these spectacular clubhouses, which are great, which are nice. Masters is very subdued. It's so much has, has been the same way for years after years after years. So I think just the overall atmosphere and experience, what I think of when I think of the Masters, and I feel so lucky to have been there. It's just fantastic. And by the way, the crowds even act differently. Everything's a little bit different, and for, for my eye, most of it's a little bit better than pretty much anywhere else you can go. Yeah, I would agree with that. What I think of is the back nine and all of the crazy things that have happened on the back nine. In 1997, when Tiger Woods wins his first championship, I think he shot 40 the first nine and finished at 30, the back nine, and went on to win by 12 strokes from that point on without a three-putt. I think of Jack Nicholas's putt on 17, 46 years of age, and 1986 when he won. I think of the incredible hole-out from Tiger, long left of 16, where it looked like a Nike advertisement where the ball sat on the lip with the logo right glaring right into your television set and then falling into the hole. And then I also think about Bob Golby, John. Here's a guy that shot 66 in 1968 to what he thought at the time was to tie, catch and tie Roberto DiVincenzo, only to have Roberto DiVincenzo make a mistake on his scorecard and sign for a four on 17 instead of the birdie three that he made. And so Bob Golby becomes the champion and all of the backlash that followed Bob Golby around for the rest of his life. You know, we had him on the show. It was awesome to go over and celebrate Bob Golby's life with Kevin and Kyle Golby. I was, they were kind enough to invite me over for the celebration of life. And he had his master's trophy out there, Pearl, their green jacket, the letter that Bobby Jones wrote to Bob saying, you won the tournament. You played a great round of golf. The things that are being written, the things that are being said are completely inappropriate, undeserved, and those sort of things. How about Fred Couples never wins a major championship except Augusta and gets perhaps the best golf break in all humanity for anyone that's ever played golf? I dare you to find a better break than what happened to Fred Couples on 12, where his ball stays short of the green and doesn't go in the water. He chips the ball up a couple inches and, and winds up winning the tournament. Absolutely pivotal. Made an incredible difference in this guy's life and in his career. Absolutely. That was that was phenomenal. We've seen so many crash and burns hitting that same shot a couple of years ago when all those players that were kind of coming down the stretch in the hunt, like three or four or five of them hit it in the water there. And then once you've, once you've done that once, it's in your head because then you got to go play 13, 15 that have those water type shots with the fall, false fronts. And so once it's in your head, it's like a knockout punch. It's, it's a tough thing to get, to get past. And by the way, maybe a tough thing to get past the rest of your career. 
once you've kind of burned up on, on that hole, every year when you come back to that, you know this is a, the, the little shot that could absolutely undo you. And it's amazing. We're not talking about a three iron from a hanging lie. We're talking about a teed ball on a perfectly flat teeing surface that's no more than a nine iron. A lot of guys are hitting pitching wedges these days and it and absolutely tear you up. Jay, another thing I don't want to miss on this, and it's, I'll even tease it with a bit of a trivia thought process. Do you remember one of the greatest wins out there was, was overtime, extra holes, and it was by Larry Mize when he made that great chip on number 11. Do you remember who he beat in that playoff? I sure do. Greg this, Norman this Greg question. Norman was out on – Chevy Ballesteros was out on hole number 10, and Greg Norman is, was who he beat on hole number 11. So he, he not only won the Masters – he won it on 11 when he chipped in after he outlasted two of the greatest players of all time. Absolutely stunning. And just, just to, to pair on that, do you also remember, I was catching for you, I believe it was Arnie's tournament in Orlando. We were teeing off, and as we walked off the putting green, Larry Mize was chipping onto the putting green in front of the clubhouse. When we made the turn, Larry Mize was chipping from the same spot. He was chipping actually onto a towel for some reason that would release onto the green. As we made the turn, he was still chipping. When we finished, if you remember, he was still chipping from the same position. And after we hit balls and had lunch, he was still chipping from the same position. I think one guy knew he might make that chip, and it was probably Larry Mize. I mean, the guy knew how to chip the dang golf ball. Oh, it's absolutely and a really popular win because Larry's from that area of the country and couldn't be a nicer guy. It was uh, one hell of another heartbreaking moment in the long line of heartbreaks for Greg Norman as well. It sure was, it, but it also brings to mind Larry couldn't hit it as far as anybody. A lot of those guys couldn't keep it in the air as long as anybody, but he can kind of chip and putt and pitch most people uh, – uh, out of out of their money and a uh, good example of and because that's your guy Kevin Kisner too uh, from the previous week you know he, he he certainly has some shortcomings in his game but he makes up with it in the in the scoring clubs he absolutely does let's go to the tip of the cap segment the tip of the cap segment is brought to you by Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood and my friend Colin Byrne 314-966-0303 send me an email j at jdelsagolf.com if you want me to personally introduce you to Colin I am glad to do that because he's helped John, my buddy Pearly here, get a car, and I've bought two or three different vehicles from him, and he is a terrific guy. Today, we're thanking uh, Ron Doherty of the Doherty Business Solutions Company, who is the presenting sponsor of the Advocate PGA event coming to Glen Echo this fall. It's going to coincide with the Ascension Charity Classic. It's companies like Doherty that invest in their and our communities that we want to thank and show our appreciation to. Ron, congratulations and thanks for supporting golf and thanks for supporting our community. The Tip of the Cap is brought to you by Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood and my buddy Colin, 314-966-0303. That's going to wrap up the On the Range segment. Don't go anywhere. John and I will be back for the front nine. This is Golf with Jay Delson. On the Range with Jay Delsing is brought to you by TaylorMade. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. The front nine is coming up. Folks, do you need a new car, truck, or SUV? Then the Dean team of Kirkwood is the place for you to go. 314-966-0303 and go see Colin Byrne. He just got me into a new SUV and I love it. Boy, did they make the experience painless and super, super easy. Most dealers don't have any cars in their lots, but at Dean team of Kirkwood... 
Colin has an entire parking lot full of new and used cars. You don't want a VW? That's no problem. They have Audis, BMWs, Mercedes, anything you want. Colin and the Dean team of Kirkwood will go get it if they don't have it. Call them at 314-966-0303 or go to DeanTeamVWKirkwood.com. The Dean Team, for all your car buying needs. Powers Insurance is a family-owned agency right here in St. Louis that specializes in providing personalized coverage for the client who has a lot going on. At Powers, they understand that you and your life do not fit in a simple box. So guess what? Neither should your insurance coverage. Go to powersinsurance.com or call 314-725-1414 and ask for Tim Davis. That's powersinsurance.com. You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing for golf tips, news on the latest equipment, and everything golf. Log on to golfwithjdelsing.com. The front nine is coming up. I want to tell you about a family-owned and operated golf business that's been right here in St. Louis for over 40 years. I'm talking about Pro-Am Golf Center. That's right, Pro-Am Golf Center. I know you know the name but I'm not sure you know what they really have to offer. They have everything a seasoned golfer like myself could need, all the way down to what a beginner would want. Pro-Am Golf Center has the lowest price in the area for custom club fitting. I just went and visited CJ. He is terrific. If you call them now, mention my name, Jay Delson, you will receive a discount on that already low club fitting price. Their number is 314-647-8054. Ask for CJ. Or you can visit them at ProAmGolfUSA.com. That's ProAmGolfUSA.com. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. The Front Nine is presented by the Ascension Charity Classic, September 5th through the 11th at Norwood Hills Country Club. For tickets, AscensionCharityClassic.com. Hey, welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got Pearly with me, and we are headed to the front nine. That's brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. Pearly, this September, 5th through 11th, Norwood's going to be the place to be again. Absolutely. It was a blast last year. We can certainly count on it happening again this year, and especially when they've got that first year under their belt. I just want to know which of the two Jays is going to be playing, because I think there's going to be some damage done this year out there with one of the Jays, and I'm I'm planning on it being you. Am I caddying in the playoff too, or am I just caddying in the tournament? You got to bring your A game this year. I mean, you held me back last year. <laughs> I was trying to hold you back from, from drowning yourself in the lake after a couple of those sideways That's shots true. trying out loud. So guys, here's what we're doing. I got these notes from the Ben Crenshaw interview, and I know it's going to be my voice and not Ben's, but this is really some fun stuff. I truly believe Ben will get back on the show. Started playing golf with his mom's clubs, and he recounted right about that age, right around 12 or so when the game bit him and never let go. One of the things as I move forward with these interviews is I want to talk to everybody about how the golf bug has bitten them and what they remember about it. And he said there was a difficult part for, and he was not a long hitter at the time. And at that particular day, he said he hit this ball and it felt like it stayed in the air forever and went around the corner. And it just did something to him. It stuck out in his mind. And all he could think about was, wow, I wonder if I can ever do that again. And that was at the Austin Country Club where he grew up. Harvey Pinnock was his instructor. 
And he told a funny story about how, you know, he grew up with Tom Kite. Tom Kite moved in from, I think, New Jersey, and his dad worked for the IRS. So everybody wanted to play golf with Tom and be nice to Tom because they figured that um, if they would, their dad could give him a break on their taxes. And I thought that was just absolutely really, really funny. John, one of the things that I thought was really interesting was Harvey Penick said, to Ben and to Tom. I want you to wear out the pitching, chipping, and putting green. And I want you to do it one ball at a time. I don't want you to grab your shag bag, and I don't want you to just keep pitching a bunch of balls and pitching a bunch of balls. I want you to pitch a ball. I want you to go up and get it. I want you to know where it is. And then I want you to go back and do it again. And I thought that was really, really interesting, John. I think it's a great it's what we talked a little bit about uh, earlier in the show with Larry Mize being focused on that short game. But I think the discipline of that difference right there is a big deal. Whatever we can do to make it have some level of importance. So we get this one shot, then we have to walk up there and go get it again. Maybe that's that level of importance. But so we don't just stand there and hit shot after shot after shot. You've talked to me about that for a long time because I'm so undisciplined in the driving range in particular. And you're always like, hey, you got to back off. And we've heard stories about Tiger hitting his wedge and then hitting a driver, then a wedge, you know, playing holes, if you will, and not just whack 30 drives in a row. Uh, because you can kind of groove just about anything on the, on the range, and I'm certainly proof of that because I can hit it awfully good on the range I get on the golf course, and it's nothing like the same. So we want to practice the way – as close as we can to how we play it. That's probably what he was saying, don't you think? Yeah, no, absolutely. And Harvey used to talk about being really slow and smooth with your putting stroke. And I mean, towards the end of the interview, I asked Ben about this putting stroke, and nobody was very much smoother and slower than Ben with that stroke. It was it was awesome. I can remember watching him a little bit at Oakland Hills uh, one year. I think, I think U.S. Open when I was working for NBC. But they had big, undulated, sloping greens. And this guy was just absolutely out there filling it up when other guys are three-putting all over the place. He just had a, a pace and a rhythm about him. There was a lot of arc, arc in that putting stroke. There was a lot of – actually, Jay, he, he kind of had that, that blade opening and closing quite a bit too, if I remember. I don't know that it was quite square to the path. It may have been beyond that. So he kind of had his own way, but the smoothness and the timing – obviously worked for him. Ben wins the Masters in 1984. We go to the 95 Masters where I said, Ben, take us through that. I know you weren't playing well going into it. And he said, I was playing lousy. He goes, I was, I was duck hooking every other shot. And I just felt awful about it. And I felt awful about my game. And he said, but there was always something special for him when he drove down Magnolia Lane, especially getting this, to be up in the champions locker room. He said his longtime caddy, Carl, you know, he watched him hit balls for about 15 minutes, and he said, Ben, this just doesn't look at all like you. He goes, you're swinging so fast. And one of the things when I said to Ben, I stopped him right there, and I said, Ben, swinging fast. And he said, Jay, I can get my – and, John, this will really sound familiar. I can get my takeaway off the ball so quickly, he goes, that I never have time to complete my backswing. John, that is exactly what you and I think. When when I get, get really off, my club gets snatched away from the ball and my backswing is never set up to be any good. Yeah, that first couple of feet is absolutely huge. And I can remember pretty much every time because it's tendencies, right? So Ben's talking about one of his tendencies to get quick away from the ball. And I knew catting for you, there was a couple things. One was alignment, fair enough. The other was that first two feet away from the ball, a little bit on the alignment and a little bit on the pace. If I had to choose one or the other, it would be the pace, that there's just a little bit more feel, a little bit more deliberate, a little bit more club head swing. 
and and not quick uh, because it yeah it 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 you lose your touch everything's kind of out the window at that point and you're playing catch up and you're just trying to throw the club at it at that, at that point so I think that's awesome advice and how much fun is that for his caddy to have seen that and and for Ben to have the confidence in his caddy I guess when you're at your end your end of your rope and you can't play you're going to listen to just about anything but Carl knew him knew his game and certainly knew his swing and I think it's also awesome that Ben Crenshaw to this day gives his caddy as much credit as he, as he gives him, because you know, it would be easy to, to not make that big of a deal of it for a lot of people. But Ben has given him credit just for their relationship and for uh, Carl's capability and how important he was in his, in that tournament and in his, in his career. Yeah. And Carl is the only guy that caddies for him ever at Augusta. And he got hooked up through the great Jackie Burke and Ben talks about that story and he just absolutely loves him. So Carl says to him, Ben, you're just swinging way too fast. We got to slow this thing down. And he goes, and I don't know what's happened to your ball position, but your ball position is so far forward. You just can't seem to get the club to it. He goes, so let's get the ball pushed back in your stance a little bit. He immediately started hitting a lot better shots. And he said, slowing it down to your point gave him so much more feel. They played a couple practice rounds and Ben was, you know, getting a little bit fired up about his game. And then his friend Harvey Penick and longtime mentor instructor had died. So Tom Kite and Ben hop on a plane fly to Austin on Wednesday and they go through the service, comes back in place on Thursday. And, and he said, it was just kind of weird. He said he never really thought that much about Harvey while he's playing until that last putt on 18 went in. He said, Jay, I had a special hand on my shoulder that entire week. Harvey was helping me from above. And when I tapped that last little putt in on 18, the entirety of it hit me like a tidal wave. He said he could not stop crying and was shaking uncontrollably on the 18th green in front of millions of people on TV and the entire Masters crowd. And he said Carl came up to him and put his gentle hand on his shoulder and said, Ben, are you okay? Ben said he looked at him and said, no, Carl, I'm not okay. I'm not sure I can even walk. John, there's something about those moments in sport that are just magnificently special, aren't they? I think it's hard for a lot of people to relate just in general, how can you get so emotional over a golf game or making that putt or whatever the case is? So much goes into anything of excellence. And when you go around and you win the Masters, that means that you, you, you've met excellence, at least for a weekend. And so there's just a lot to that. There's just so much commitment in life and that kind of thing. I've, I've got to believe that's where it came from, let alone on top of that, the, the memory of his, uh, of his teacher, Harvey Panik. Uh, and, and all of that just probably came flooding in at once. But you see every week you see the guys often get very emotional. But there's just so much to it that goes in. It's just not going out there and playing golf. It's a whole life thing, telling you that you're on the right track. There's, there's just a lot to it uh, when all that indecision comes together and, and questioning ourselves. It comes together and is successful. And people can relate it to other things in business and other aspects of life when, when things get emotional. It's, it's just it's different pinnacles it's different markers in our life and i i think it's fine i think it's awesome and some people push against it it's just golf but it isn't just golf it's it's about their life at that point but wait a second john it's so much more than that to me this is about achieving a lifelong goal and and you know and people can relate to this and maybe the the, the pushbackers are the people that have given up on their dreams because 
they felt like they couldn't do it or they were unattainable. But this is a guy that was was down and struggling, and he still managed to beat the best players in the world for a week in a major championship setting. When you're able to cross off these bucket list type, this is even bigger than bucket list. This is a goal that he's probably had in his mind. You know, of course he did since the time he was a little boy. And now, you know, at, at, at this later stage in life from winning that tournament at 40, I think he was 43 years old. I mean, at least in my mind, where all that emotion and all that, all that energy comes from. It's awesome stuff. You know, back to for a second, when, you know, finding your swing, finding a better ball position, getting your rhythm a little bit better. But when you've been missing it as bad as he said he was missing it, you know, something I think that's unique about Augusta National that, that may have helped him a little bit. There's some wide open shots for sure. So if you're not quite sure, you can kind of get going a little bit. But I'll tell you what, man, there's also some shots where you better be precise with your distance and your line, or it's going to come off really, really ugly. So I think it's interesting that apparently there was enough of the, if you will, easy shots or or less technical shots that he could maybe get some confidence and get some good shots. But man, there's still a dozen plus out there where you better hit it just right. And the fact that he went from playing horribly and hitting it horribly and having no confidence to all of a sudden turn it on at least those dozen times each day to be able to do that for four days, that's pretty impressive. That's pretty interesting. No, it absolutely is. Now that's going to wrap up the front nine, but don't go anywhere. John and I will be back with more on Ben Crenshaw and the Masters. This is Golf with Jay Delson. Hey, St. Louis, the Ascension Charity Classic, presented by Emerson, is back this September. Don't miss the excitement when the PGA Tour Champions Best compete again, all for charity, September 9th through the 11th at Norwood Hills Country Club. Pro-Am spots, hospitality packages, VIP tickets, and more. Available now at ascensioncharityclassic.com. Hey, do you like wine? Have you heard about the hottest new wine bar in St. Louis? It's called Wild Crush Wine Bar, and it's located in town and country on Clayton Road just behind the Strops. Have you ever experienced self-dispensing wine machines? Well, they are here. The only place in St. Louis and most of Missouri that you'll find them, and it's at Wild Crush. You can choose your size of pour, and Wild Crush will pour the freshest wine in the area for you. The organic argon gas system used at Wild Crush keeps this wine pristinely fresh for up to 60 days. So if you're tired of drinking wine that's been open for a few days, come into Wild Crush for the best and freshest wine selection in the area. Go to Wild Crush crushstl.com and come have one with us. You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. For golf tips, news on the latest equipment, and everything golf, log on to golfwithjdelsing.com. How would you like access to 90 holes of golf? Well, that's what happens when you join at Whitmore Country Club. You get access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, and the Golf Club of Wentzville. And guess what? No cart fees included in that deal. There's no food and beverage minimums. There's no assessments. They have a 24-hour fitness center, two large pool complexes, three tennis courts. Year-round social calendar includes holiday parties, picnics, date nights, live music. They even have a kids club for your children and much, much more. There's junior golf, junior tennis, and swim teams available. 
This is a family-friendly atmosphere, and they have a wonderful staff. If you get out there, you got to poke your head in the golf shop and say hello to my friend Bummer. He is a terrific guy, and he will help you with your game and show you around. And don't forget, there are golf leagues, skins games, members tournaments, and couples events available all year round. Visit WhitmoreGolf.com. That's WhitmoreGolf.com. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. To learn more about the game of golf, latest equipment, and golfing tips, log on to jdelsinggolf.com. The Back Nine is presented by Pro-Am Golf. Hey, welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got Pearly with me, and we are headed to the back nine. The back nine is brought to you by my friends at Pro-Am Golf. Man, you got to go see CJ. We're getting fitted here at the Golf with Jay Delsing show. Let's get back to the Ben Crenshaw. The interview that wasn't was, that that never was is what I'm calling it. Uh, the Ryder Cup was at Brookline. Were you working that event, Pearl, at Brookline? Yes, I was. Yes, I okay, sure was. Okay, so this is going to be really so fun. Sally, so was Sally Lou. You know, I played the U.S. Amateur at Brookline, and you know how quirky that golf course is. It's just, there's a lot of blind shots. It's just odd, uh, oddness to, to that golf course is the way I'm going to put it. And, um, you know, he said it took a while for the team, because the team was really playing well, he thought. It took a while for the team, though, to figure out the golf course, figure out the do's and the don'ts. And I think that's really legit, Pearl. I think there's a lot of areas out there at Brookline, and we're, they're going to play the U.S. Open Championship there this year. So we'll get to watch that this June. But there's a lot of ins and outs and ups and downs at, at Brookline that are not easily understood until you've been around there a few times. And by the end of the week, Ben said um, his team started trying to figure, started figuring it out. And they were really frustrated in the team room, he said on Saturday, because they were four points down. They didn't feel like they were playing poorly, but they just didn't feel like they were maximizing enough on the golf course. Ben's famous quote, I have a very good feeling about this. I'll never forget him, Pearl and his presser, shaking his hand, shaking his finger and saying, I've got a very good feeling about this. Boy, was he right. What was interesting, John, is I said, Ben, when it comes to the strategy on how you laid out, you know, your team for Sunday, give us a little insight into that. And you know what he said, John? He said, he realized that on the European side, there were three players that had not played much. They had to be playing in the singles matches. And he felt like there was that was a really good opportunity for the U.S. to kind of turn the tide because those players, besides being extremely nervous, they weren't really accustomed to that kind of pressure that that match was going to present. He said that Tom Lehman led the charge on Sunday and the wave of momentum took over from there. And he talked a lot about Justin Leonard. You know, you're not playing well. It's very possible because of the Ryder Cup for, for formation and the way it works when you qualified. They may not have been playing for six or eight months for, for all that really matters. Now they're going to get thrust out into the limelight like that onto this, quote, quirky golf course or this unique golf course. It's a great observation on his part. But that's, that's what's so interesting about the Ryder Cup. You can be on the team, but you may have played great a year ago to earn your points to be on the team. And maybe you didn't play well this last year. Now you still have to play. So there's a lot of strategy to that. Momentum plays a huge piece of this, and I got to watch. I think I had Tom Lehman in the last day, as a matter of fact, and I can remember it sounded like a, a, a 20, the ball coming off of his uh, iron shots in, in particular. He was just absolutely spectacular with the control that he had, the determination, and you could tell he was just a force out there 
he obviously picked the right guy to lead him off that last round. And this is what's so interesting about Ben Crenshaw. How about because he's such a golf historian and he's so connected to the history of the game. John, he said, I just had a feeling that something special was going to happen on the 17th green. He said, Francis, we met, hold a spectacular putt on the 17th green to cap his first U.S. Open title in 1913 at the age of 20. He made another crucial putt some years later on that 17th green. And Ben said he just had some sort of sense that the 17th green was going to be special for the team, and look what happened. The putt that Justin Leonard made playing against Jose o- uh, Maria Olathebel, madness ensued from there, Pearl, something that you never see in golf. And Ben said he felt terrible about the celebration. The U.S. team ran across the green. They, they mobbed Justin Leonard. All of these things were going on. You don't see stuff like that very often, John, in golf. What do you think about that? Because obviously that's been discussed and played on and played off of, of a little bit. Do you think the player did that on purpose no. as an intimidation or a momentum factor, or they just got caught up in the moment? What I think, think they just got caught a, up in the moment. A lot of, there's a lot of games get played out there, though, Jay. There's a I lot agree. of little games, especially back in the in the, in the Seve in the Seve years. Forget some of the other Olathebo, players. Olathebo, and a, Faldo and Langer. Yep, yep. I, I I honestly, though, John, I don't think guys like Tom Lehman. I don't think some of the other folks that were on that team would, would do that. David Duvall, I just don't think they would have done that. And I know Ben Crenshaw would have never, never done that. And it, it was, um, that's just my take on it. Maybe it's a little Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farmish. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I want to believe in the sportsmanship of the game above and beyond all things, even though the Ryder Cup match was hotly contested that week for sure. There, there's a lot of on the edge of all that with the integrity of the game with the fans, the amount of heckling that can go on out there, the, the, the noise that goes on. It's just a very, very different environment. So I think you've got to be ready for just about anything as a player. I give the Europeans personally uh, a lot of credit for that because, you know, they didn't necessarily pile it on a different time when they had the opportunity. It's been talked about. I think everybody agreed. It kind of went over the edge. And so let's not do that again for the sake of the game and for the sake of the, uh, the Ryder Cup event itself. Pearl, I want to wrap up the, the Ben Crenshaw stuff with a putting lesson from Ben Crenshaw. And who the hell doesn't want to get a putting lesson from Ben? And this is what he said and he sees. He wants everyone to stand over the ball and be as relaxed as possible. How about that? When you're not putting well, how relaxed are you over the ball, Pearl? Not, not, I'm not relaxed when I'm putting well and not putting well, but I know what you mean. I actually tried that the other day. I, I loved it, but I wonder if I could do it when I'm really trying to make a putt. I don't know. You wanted to use all four sides of the hole, the front right, the front left, the right door, and the left door is what, is, is what Ben called it. And I said, man, I've never heard that before. And he was a lag putter. He wanted his ball to just barely be falling into the hole when it got to the hole. And he felt like that was the safest way to putt and then you'd get more putts lipping in that way than lipping out when he was reading a putt john he would always take the highest line he thought possible and try to use that with the softest amount of speed to get that ball to go in the hole it's interesting when you say that it's interesting though jay because i think statistically now it's been in his heyday but don't they have a little bit more statistics about what speed goes in and it's more 
10, 11, 12 inches past the ball, that uh, past the hole that where the ball goes in more, or has that been discounted? There, there I think David Pels came up. Uh, Dave Pels came up with the 17 inches past the hole, and I think that's kind of been dispelled. I mean, the best putt is the putt that goes in, is what most of the players will tell you, not that goes 17 inches past the hole. But there's a lot of that, John, and I didn't really pay much attention <laughs> to that. I will tell you this: Ben had a special putter. It was called Little Ben. It was a Wilson 8802. And he said, I'll never forget this was so embarrassing. We were talking about the Ryder Cup just previously. And he goes, I'm playing in the Ryder Cup at Muirfield Village in 1999. And he goes, I just three putted the sixth green. And there was a Buckeye on the ground, you know, because they were playing in the fall. And he said, he just tapped the Buckeye with Little Ben and Little Ben broke. What reminded me, Pearl, I started laughing because my daughter, Joe called me, oh, about a year ago and said, Dad, I tapped the car in front of me and her Volkswagen was totaled. Ben said he's never been more embarrassed. He had to putt, he, he, he putted with his one iron, he putted with a, a sand wedge, he putted with all sorts of different stuff to no avail for the rest of that day. But even the best get a little tick and break the putter every now and again. That's tough. Well, I think we've all had those uh, situations and, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I, unfortunately, I've tossed one or two lightly through the years. It somehow splintered into three or four parts, so I, I'm not sure how that happened. Some, some of the clubs are just more brittle than others. I can I remember at. one time at St. Albans, I was putting so poorly, and I had my favorite ping answer putter. This was in like 1996, I think, 97. And I was out playing by myself. I hit a really nice iron shot to about four feet from the hole, and I hit this god-awful putt, and it didn't go in. I gave out a little primal scream and I threw this thing two-handed into the rock wall that was about 20 feet up behind the green, the 12th green. And I go there, pick up my beautiful putter and it is bent horribly. So I take the putter and I throw it over the rock wall, 30, 40 feet up in the air into the bushes and trees up there. And I walk down quite a ways down the hill and get in my cart to go to the next hole. And I realize I got to go get that putter. So I get out of the car, up the hill, climb the rock wall, find the putter, and I take the putter and I break it into five pieces and I find a well up there. I stick all five pieces of that putter in the well and I find a 40-pound boulder and stuck it over the top of the well so I knew it's never going to putt again. Maybe a tiny bit extreme, John. I don't know. I might have been a little pissed off that day. That's. Uh, that, I think there's a little therapy session or yeah. three that might be needed for something like that. John, this is the way I'm going to end our talking and and considering Ben Crenshaw. This is a quote from Ben. If we preserve the integrity of golf as left to us by our forefathers, it is up to all of us to carry on the true spirit of the game. And I read that to him and he said, Jay, that just makes so much sense to me. And that's what I'm trying to do. And John, he did that. Yep, he sure did. That's awesome. That's an awesome tribute way to finish talking about Gentle Ben. All right, Pearl, that's going to wrap up the back nine. But uh, we'll be right back with the Michelob Ultra 19th hole. Pearlie's got some fantastic jokes and trivia coming up. This is Golf with Jay Delson. Get this date on your calendar, June 13th at Norwood Hills Country Club. Why? Because it's the annual SSM Health Foundation Open. SSM Health has been supporting the St. Louis community for nearly 150 years. There are so many ways for you to get involved. You golfers can tee it up at Norwood Hills Country Club. This is the same course the PGA Tour champions played last year and will play again this September. And you can support the great cause this way. You can also join the SSM Ambassador Program, or you can sponsor your own event, or set up a corporate partnership for you and your team. 
go to give2ssmhealth.org and help support this fantastic local foundation. That's give2ssmhealth.org. Hey, St. Louis, the Ascension Charity Classic, presented by Emerson, is back this September. Don't miss the excitement when the PGA Tour champions best compete again, all for charity, September 9th through the 11th at Norwood Hills Country Club. Pro-Am spots, hospitality packages, VIP tickets, and more. Available now at ascensioncharityclassic.com. Folks, are you in the market for some additional protection for your ride? You need to call my friends at Vehicle Assurance. Their number is 866-341-9255. Sherry Fain is the owner and president, and she and her team are committed to helping you with your unexpected auto repair bills. They are committed to finding the right protection for you, your budget, and your family. They only work with the top vehicle service providers in the country. Get the protection and the peace of mind you deserve. That's Vehicle Assurance, 866-341-9255 for a free quote. 866-341-9255. To learn more about Jay and the services he can provide any golfer, visit jdelsinggolf.com. You'll see the latest in golf equipment, get tips from a PGA pro, and you'll learn more about the game of golf. That's jdelsinggolf.com. How would you like access to 90 holes of golf? Well, that's what happens when you join at Whitmore Country Club. You get access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, and the Golf Club of Wentzville. And guess what? No cart fees included in that deal. There's no food and beverage minimums. There's no assessments. They have a 24-hour fitness center, two large pool complexes, three tennis courts. Year-round social calendar includes holiday parties, picnics, date nights, live music. They even have a kids club for your children and much, much more. There's junior golf, junior tennis, and swim teams available. This is a family-friendly atmosphere, and they have a wonderful staff. If you get out there, you got to poke your head in the golf shop and say hello to my friend Bummer. He is a terrific guy, and he will help you with your game and show you around. And don't forget, there are golf leagues, skins games, members tournaments, and couples events available all year round. Visit WhitmoreGolf.com. That's WhitmoreGolf.com. Hey, do you like wine? Have you heard about the hottest new wine bar in St. Louis? It's called Wild Crush Wine Bar, and it's located in town and country on Clayton Road just behind the Strops. Have you ever experienced self-dispensing wine machines? Well, they are here. The only place in St. Louis and most of Missouri that you'll find them, and it's at Wild Crush. You can choose your size of pour, and Wild Crush will pour the freshest wine in the area for you. The organic argon gas system used at Wild Crush keeps this wine pristinely fresh for up to 60 days. So if you're tired of drinking wine that's been open for a few days, come into Wild Crush for the best and freshest wine selection in the area. Go to Wild Crush crushstl.com and come have one with us. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. To learn more about the game of golf, see the latest equipment, get golfing tips from a PGA pro. Log on to jdelsinggolf.com. The 19th hole, 
is presented by Michelob Ultra. Hey, this is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm Jay, John's with me, and we are headed to the Michelob Ultra 19th Hole. Perley, are you ready? I sure am, Jay. That was a little better than last week. You were a little tardy with the sound effects machine last week. All right, so I want to thank the guys at Michelob Ultra for supporting the show, and the Michelob Ultra 19th hole is absolutely the way to travel. Gosh, the Ben Crenshaw stuff was just spectacular. I know it wasn't quite as good as having Ben's voice on, but we will get his on. But I just wanted to have Ben in something special to talk about during the Masters week because that's going on right now. This tournament is so awesome. Uh, Absolutely, and it was a fun way to do it, Jay, and I appreciate the different stories about him. He was definitely the, one of the guys, wasn't he, with you and I growing up so many years. Him with Curtis Strange and, and that whole group of guys out there just seemed like they were just going to play on the tour for absolutely forever. And they really set the tone. Tour taking the next level before the Tiger Woods era. They called them the Young Lions, Pearl, and it was Tom Kite and it was Lanny Watkins and it was all those guys. And they were uh, they were up and at him. And uh, he 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 was so complimentary. And I left all this out, but he was so complimentary about my swing. He talked about my swing. He remembered my swing. He talked about my putting stroke and just talked about when we were reminiscing about his masters and things like that. How we were how he was you know, getting back to his own authentic swing. It was really fun. Yeah, just a phenomenal career and still an ambassador and historian to the game going forward. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. One of the reasons that uh, this week at the Masters is so important because they have that champion's dinner and you get to see these guys and you get to kind of touch base with them again, uh, at least on a yearly basis. Uh, another wonderful tradition that the, that the Augusta National, the Masters, has uh, put together. You know, you mentioned something earlier, and I want to go back and talk about this for our listeners because maybe they'll be able to pick up a little more from watching. But the undulation, John, and the ups and downs of the 10th hole, of the 18th hole, of the 9th hole, they just kind of go unmentioned. And it's really amazing what that looks like in person. Absolutely it is. And it, that's the hills and the the largest parts, but Jay, just the severity around the greens. You know, you normally have different tournaments and they'll have a false front. Well, that false front might be six, eight, ten feet. Their false fronts here end up in Ray's Creek and then give you a position where you've got an often drop the ball behind the creek from a downhill lie back over this stuff. It's so severe where there is the undulations and where the shots do matter. Like I said, there's a lot of open tee shots and some fairly open shots. But when it gets right down to the nitty-gritty, there's a dozen landmines out there that if you, if you miss one, often it can be far more than a bogey, let alone it's in your head at that point. There's just this mind screw that Augusta has over the players. and Because, John, that is the, think about this. This is the only place... It doesn't change. When you play the U.S. Open, you're, I played a U.S. Open at Wingfoot. I played a U.S. Open at Hazeltine. I played a U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. You play a Masters at one place. And every single player right. in the field knows where the flagsticks are going to be, John. Yeah. Every blue moon, they'll come up with a new hole location. They know what to expect. It's that tradition. It's that, that history that makes you feel that next step. I can tell you when I stood up and got to play number 12, just the amount of energy and interest and focus that was running through my head, that's all I thought about the day before when I knew I was going to get to play Augusta, is I want to hit that 12th green. I want to stand up there and I want to see what these guys are talking about all the time. It's just interesting. And, you know, then if you remember, uh, and I think it's the year Tiger won, or certainly the year all the other guys were hitting the ball in the water when the pin was that front right pin, Tiger did just what Nicholas said he always needed to do. 
hit it over the bunker, hit it the middle of the green, just past pin high, get your three and get off the hole. Yep. It's uh, but uh, apparently it's just it's it's hard to to hit away like that. And by the way, you can say yeah, you you need to do that, but you better have the right distance there as well because you're in that front or back bunker, especially that back one, hitting towards the water. You've got another tough shot in front of you. So yes, you want to hit it left, but you still have to get that right distance for sure to be able to catch that skinny part of the green. The front right part of the green is about an extra four yards of carry than the front left of the green is too, Pearl. And any of those balls for, for right-handed golfers that are hit meekly never carry over there. Did you, let's 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 uh, throw this out there. I'm assuming from the way you just said, and you toss it out there, that you hit the 12th green when you played there. Well, you assumed right. You know me, I'm not going to chum myself in those <laughs> no, corners exactly. there. Exactly. Nice eight iron right in the middle of the green, right where Jack said to hit it, and I two-putted, and it just felt fantastic. Where was the flag on 12? Flag, but I hit it right where Jack said to hit it. It was flag was uh, left, left side of the green. Okay. Left side of the green. But I hit it where Jack said to hit it, okay. middle of the green. That's right. That's why I wanted to hit it. That's why I hit it. Anyway, the next hole, I bombed the tee shot. Then I'm thinking I'm going to knock it on in two. Thinned my second shot, went in Ray's Creek, and made a quad. So there you go. There you go. Missed one shot and got in a position where I didn't know what to do from there. So there's a lot of severity, and as TV gets better and better, uh, being able to show the angles and doing the different different graphics, people can see it. But if you can go see it for yourself someday, go see it for yourself because I think it'll amaze you. You know, John, when we had the great Wayne Gretzky, the great one on the show, he talked about Dustin Johnson instead of knocking his ball that had a bunch of mud on it on the green at 13, he took a three iron and beat it into the grass so that the the grass and the dew and stuff for the morning round would would uh, clean his ball for him so he could get up there and made a birdie with his wedge makes a lot of sense otherwise i'm telling you you get in places out there and then i'm not sure what you what you can do you really need to control your ball it's uh it's, it's pretty straightforward what you need to do it's just a matter of whether or not you can do it in those conditions absolutely all right pro what do you got for us for trivia and what do you got for us for a uh, joke well uh, let's let's get through some trivia here and maybe we talk a little bit about each one of these so here's my first one this is masters trivia name the only player to complete the career grand slam at the masters gene saracen gary player or ben hogan so he won the masters and it completed the career grand slam for him. Well, there's only, what, six players that have done that. So, hmm, Gene Sarazen. You got it, Gene Sarazen. Uh, sure did, Jay. Good one, good one. Name the first player to win the Masters in a sudden death playoff. I know Fuzzy Zeller won in a playoff. I know that um, Larry Mize won in a playoff. I know uh, Angel Cabrera won in a playoff. Three options I'm going to give you here. Fuzzy Zeller, Nick Baldo, or Ian Woosman. Oh, Fuzzy. That's right, Fuzzy Zeller. Yep. Very good. Okay, who was the only player to lose the Masters in a playoff twice? Ooh, that's this is a good question. That is a good let question. Me give you the, let me give you the choices. Let me give, let me give you the choices. i got to be fair about this. Chris DeMarco, Ben Hogan, or Greg Norman? Greg Norman. Ben Hogan. Hogan lost twice, huh? Ben Hogan. Yeah. Un- unbelievable, isn't it? You got one more? I got lots more, baby. Which player recorded the highest score on the par 3 12th hole at the Masters? Oh, give me some clues. Tommy Nakajima, Tom Weisskopf, or Jordan Spieth? Uh, Nakajima made like a 10 at the rolled hole because they call the bunker on 17th at St. Andrews, the Sands and Nakajima. I'm going to go with Tom Weisskopf. You got it right. That's great, great deduction. Tom Weisskopf, absolutely. I, I just want to get to one mailbag question, Pearl, <laughs> before we go. That was struggled. It was a little slow over there. Um, 
Pearl, I got a, a mailbag question and I've got a question from, this is perfect for you and for me. This is a question from Mary and Mary comes from Chesterfield and Mary said, my husband tells me that I need to get a bigger headed driver because the driver that I like, and it's the favorite club in my bag is about 15 years old. Can you help? And I hate to tell you this, Mary, but your husband is absolutely right. Especially because your your current driver is that old. The newer heads, Mary, will help you hit the driver so much better, I promise. The biggest thing, Mary, if you like that that current driver that you have, get the same shaft. Get the same shaft in that new driver with the bigger head. It'll be more forgiving. You will absolutely love it. And you've got to please stay in touch with John and I, Jay at jdelsongolf.com, and let me know how it's going because it will absolutely help you pearly. Could you imagine if you were hitting a, uh, a driver that the head was 15 years old compared to what you're using now? No, no. We've talked about this a lot. We've got to keep up with the technology. It makes the game so much more enjoyable. Let's put it that way. It's still a very, very, very hard game, but it makes it more enjoyable. And Mary, just like when you're getting a new swing grooved, as soon as you hit one or two good tee shots with it, you're going to love it. So just give yourself that time to get a couple balls launched in the right direction. And you, you will never want to give that one up either. Pearly, that is going to wrap up another show. Man, I cannot wait to see the conclusion of Masters Sunday. It's one of my favorite days of the year. It's a great way to just sit around and enjoy some snacks and just watch the beautiful surroundings of Augusta National. I love it. Yeah. All right. So we'll talk to you next week. We're going to have an interview with Chris Zimmerman, who is the president and CEO of St. Louis Blues hockey operations but in the late 90s when tiger woods was at stanford and then turning pro chris was running nike golf really fascinating stories about tiger woods and nike getting into the golf business but that's next week enjoy master sunday st louis and hit him straight today Get this date on your calendar, June 13th at Norwood Hills Country Club. Why? Because it's the annual SSM Health Foundation Open. SSM Health has been supporting the St. Louis community for nearly 150 years. There are so many ways for you to get involved. You golfers can tee it up at Norwood Hills Country Club. This is the same course the PGA Tour champions played last year and will play again this September. And you can support the great cause this way. You can also join the SSM Ambassador Program, or you can sponsor your own event, or set up a corporate partnership for you and your team. Go to give2ssmhealth.org and help support this fantastic local foundation. That's give2ssmhealth.org. Folks, do you need a new car, truck, or SUV? Then the Dean Team of Kirkwood is the place for you to go. 314-966-0303 and go see Colin Byrne. He just got me into a new SUV and I love it. Boy, did they make the experience painless and super, super easy. Most dealers don't have any cars in their lots, but at Dean Team of Kirkwood, Colin has an entire parking lot full of new and used cars. You don't want a VW? That's no problem. They have Audis, 
BMWs, Mercedes, anything you want. Colin and the Dean team of Kirkwood will go get it if they don't have it. Call them at 314-966-0303 or go to deanteamvwkirkwood.com. The Dean Team, for all your car buying needs. Folks, are you in the market for some additional protection for your ride? You need to call my friends at Vehicle Assurance. Their number is 866-341-9255. Sherry Fain is the owner and president, and she and her team are committed to helping you with your unexpected auto repair bills. They are committed to finding the right protection for you, your budget, and your family. They only work with the top vehicle service providers in the country. Get the protection and the peace of mind you deserve. That's Vehicle Assurance, 866-341-9255 for a free quote. 866-341-9255. Hey, St. Louis, the Ascension Charity Classic, presented by Emerson, is back this September. Don't miss the excitement when the PGA Tour Champions Best compete again, all for charity. September 9th through the 11th at Norwood Hills Country Club, Pro-Am Spots, Hospitality packages, VIP tickets, and more. Available now at ascensioncharityclassic.com. I want to tell you about a family-owned and operated golf business that's been right here in St. Louis for over 40 years. I'm talking about Pro-Am Golf Center. That's right, Pro-Am Golf Center. I know you know the name, but I'm not sure you know what they really have to offer. They have everything a seasoned golfer like myself could need, all the way down to what a beginner would want. Pro-Am Golf Center has the lowest price in the area for custom club fitting. I just went and visited CJ. He is terrific. If you call them now, mention my name, Jay Delson, you will receive a discount on that already low club fitting price. Their number is 314-647-8054. Ask for CJ. Or you can visit them at ProAmGolfUSA.com. That's ProAmGolfUSA.com. This has been Golf with Jay Delsing. To learn more about Jay and the services he can provide any golfer, visit JayDelsingGolf.com. You'll see the latest in golf equipment, get tips from a PGA pro, and you'll learn more about the game of golf. That's JayDelsingGolf.com. Boy, is this housing market tight right now. Are you tired of having the second best bid on your dream home? Call my friend Joe Schieser at 314-628-2015. Joe's been helping my family and I for over 30 years. He closes millions of dollars of business every year, and he will help you understand the importance of a pre-approval letter, inspections, and pricing your home or your offer just right. If you need to buy or sell your home, Joe is your guy. 314-628-2015. That's 314-628-2015. Powers Insurance is a family-owned agency right here in St. Louis that specializes in providing personalized coverage for the client who has a lot going on. At Powers, they understand that you and your life do not fit in a simple box. So guess what? Neither should your insurance coverage. Go to powersinsurance.com or call 314-725-1414 and ask for Tim Davis. That's powersinsurance.com. Folks, do you need a new car, truck, or SUV? Then the Dean Team of Kirkwood is the place for you to go. 314 314- 
866-306-0303 and go see Colin Byrne. He just got me into a new SUV and I love it. Boy, did they make the experience painless and super, super easy. Most dealers don't have any cars in their lots, but at Dean Team of Kirkwood, Colin has an entire parking lot full of new and used cars. You don't want a VW? That's no problem. They have Audis, BMWs, Mercedes, anything you want. Colin and the Dean team of Kirkwood will go get it if they don't have it. Call them at 314-966-0303 or go to deanteamvwkirkwood.com. The Dean Team, for all your car buying needs. This has been Golf with Jay Delsing. To learn more about Jay and the services he can provide any golfer, visit jdelsinggolf.com. You'll see the latest in golf equipment, get tips from a PGA pro, and you'll learn more about the game of golf. That's jdelsinggolf.com. Let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.